Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. A quick disclaimer before we get started. We recorded this before the big heat wave swallowed Britain up whole. Uh, so when Salvatore and myself, well, we have some good hearted banter about how it never gets hot in Britain. Uh, that was before we all got burnt. I once asked a very old lady, what did you do before air conditioning? And she smiled regretfully and said, we threw up a lot. Ahoy, ahoy, and welcome to Patented. It is a podcast all about the history of inventions, as I'm sure you know. Brought to you from History Hit, I'm your host, Dallas Campbell. Uh, and today, well, it's going to be really, really hot. It's going to hit 31 degrees. And so there are headlines, as ever, are screaming at me. Hotter than Los Angeles, hotter than Hawaii, hotter than wherever. But it's an appropriate day, I think, to be talking about this particular technology, which is truly, truly transformative, even though we do take it for granted. And that's air conditioning. It's something we have in the UK. It's not everywhere. We don't have it in every home in the UK for obvious reasons. But it has changed everything. It has shaped how we work. It has shaped what we eat. It has shaped where we live, particularly. I think this is a very fascinating point. So who do we have to thank for this invention? Where did air conditioning originally come from? How did Roman emperors, for example, keep cool? What does air conditioning have to do with summer Hollywood blockbusters. These are some of the interesting things I'm going to be discussing with my guest today, Salvatore Basile, who is the author of a very fine book called Cool, How Air Conditioning Changed Everything. And if you think changed everything is a little bit much, is a little bit hysterical, I absolutely agree with him. It is a truly transformative technology. It has changed how we live on planet Earth for all kinds of reasons. And it's a really, really fascinating story. So I look forward to your company for the next half an hour or so. Enjoy the episode. You know, and the thing is, buying or building a pizza oven is just such a massive faff. Just do it and do it. Use your hob and use your grill. It'll be just as good. I'm with Salvatore and we're talking about the invention of pizza. <laughs> However, we're here to talk about other things. We're here to talk about keeping cool. You wrote Cool, How Air Conditioning Changed Everything. How did it change everything? Well, just actually paint a picture for us. Imagine, imagine we're in New York where you are now. It's 1900 and there's a massive heat wave. What's life like? 
I had some first-hand experience of this because for years I lived in a building that had been built in the mid-19th century. It was a side street building. The windows were, uh, as I put it, certifiably useless as a source of air. The apartment did come with an air conditioner, a lovely through-the-wall air conditioner, and one day it simply died. Now, the management replaced that within two days, but during those two days, New York was hit with a monster heat wave. I got to really get a complete sympathy for what it must have been like in the olden days to live without any way of keeping cool. Now, I had an electric fan, which did precious little, but I thought if I didn't even have that, what would I have done? I probably would have spent the evening walking up and down my block and wishing I could possibly fall asleep somewhere, and that would have been impossible. I'd spray mist. I, 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 you know, we don't have air conditioning in, in the... Or we do have air conditioning in the UK, of course we do. But it's it's not like we don't have it in every home because we don't live in a particularly hot climate. We do have heat waves. We just sort of spray ourselves with, with kind of mist spray. Oh, indeed. Uh, I checked the records. As it turns out, the US... Roughly 90 to 91% of residents have at least one air conditioner. In the UK, 0.5%, one half of 1% of people have an air conditioner. And to be honest, if, if I knew that 0.1%, I wouldn't want to know them because I'm like, an idiot would have... <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> we're, we're a bit snobby about air conditioning here because it's a bit like, no, 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 no. no. Well, you're lo- you are located a lot farther north than we are crazy far north you never really appreciate how far north we're up past north we're north further north than newfoundland i think exactly something something crazy like that someone just pointed that out to me that you're up there and when i was writing cool i checked us out new york Mm. and new york city is roughly on the same latitude as madrid and new york gets really hot gets really hot. i've been in new york in the summer it does it does get really really hot you know actually the thing is it's when we think about air conditioning, we can be a little bit jokey about it and, you know, it keeps it's comfortable and it's a bit of a luxury, but it's utterly transformative in terms of a technology, in terms of life on Earth, I would say, in terms of the fact that we can now build, we, we can live in places that you would not have been able to live in. You know, places like Las Vegas were little tiny towns and now they're ridiculous and Dubai presumably didn't exist. But let's just go back before the, sort of the technology we're familiar with. What did people use to keep cool? Well, for the most part, they didn't keep cool. What they tried to do was ignore it. They were trained this way from birth that God made hot weather and you should put up with it. But we, we're good at keeping ourselves warm. I mean, God, you know, if, we, if we're cold, presumably God also made, it, made us cold. And we were quite good at building fires. We got that technology sorted pretty early. But I think that technology was completely understandable from millennia ago. Strike the flint, watch the flame grow. The idea of removing heat from your surroundings is very foreign to almost anyone. And people couldn't understand this. Hot weather was something that God gave you. They would quote the book of Amos, he who creates the wind. And that was the excuse for the fact that you just ignored it. So when anyone talked about it, they would talk about it with something like a sense of humor. But at the same time, newspapers were running daily columns, heat prostrations, heat deaths. And they would list all of these people who had died during the previous day. And on top of it, people dressed the same way they dressed in the winter. Lots of clothing. Men were always in a coat and a tie and a vest. See, that's a mistake. That's got to be a mistake. Lesson one, take your coat off if it's hot. Right, but a gentleman never did such a thing. 
and a lady was always in her eight petticoats. And I once asked a very old lady, what did you do before air conditioning? And she smiled regretfully and said, we threw up a lot. <laughs> there you go. But did, I, I seem to remember reading, I think, uh, like the Romans or something. I'm, I'm thinking about the, the Roman hypercourse system, which was a sort of underfloor heating thing that the Romans had. Didn't they have some sort of cooling system? Didn't they get like, and didn't they, there was some Roman emperor, and I forget who it was, who used to gets snow down from the mountains. Right. That that emperor keeps switching, depending which historian you ask. It's either Heliogabalus or Nero or Gaius. Supposedly, the story was that he would have mountain runners bringing snow from the Alps down to his whatever summer abode he was living in, and there would be a pile of snow in his garden, and he would frolic about it in every way he liked. I used to have a neighbour who did that. I used to live in Los Angeles, up in the up in the hills there. And we had a neighbour who had a nice Hollywood hill. And he used to, every Christmas time, he would get a lorry load of snow brought down from Big Bear, from the mountain up up, up there on the, on the West Coast. And he would dump it in his front garden. And all the kids would come and play and build snowmen. And, and you know, it was mad, yeah. Anyway, sorry, I digress. I digress. But anyway, it just suddenly reminded me of that. But the idea of bringing snow or ice, I mean, that is a thing. I mean, I, I'm sure I've seen film footage in New York where there are people carrying big blocks of ice around. It was a huge industry. There was a gentleman in the 19th century named Frederick Tudor who started in 1805 quarrying ice out of ponds and rivers in New England, storing them throughout this spring, and then shipping this ice to all over the world. His ice went to Bombay. His ice went to South America. It was astonishing. There was ice that was considered so pure that it was sent to London, and it was the ice that Victoria preferred. How on earth did they ship it around the world without it melting? I mean, was it just so big that... They were gigantic blocks. What They, they would quarry them pack them in sawdust, put them in ship holds that were as well insulated as they could be, which was not terribly well, and they would just assume that one-third of the cargo would be melted by the time it arrived at its destination. Well, so Queen Victoria, she'd, like, what would you do with it? Would you just have a, like a giant ice cube in your sitting room? Some people tried that. It didn't work terribly well. <laughs> Most of the time, ice was used, natural ice was used to cool a container containing a beverage. There were people who put that ice in their beverages, which was a mistake, because even in those days, it was common knowledge that this ice was quarried with the help of forces walking over the ice and dragging cutters, but horses did what they will do. And the only concession that was made was to wash off the ice with formaldehyde. These are giant blocks of ice that... that so what was the name of the ice chap who was doing this, who was in charge of this? Uh, Frederick Tudor. Frederick Tudor. Were they not using those giant blocks to actually keep rooms and buildings cool as well as just keeping drinks cool? There were a few attempts at this. Yeah, some of them worked, most of them didn't. Uh, one of the most successful attempts was a theater in New York in 1880 called the Madison Square. The producer, the owner of that theater, was a gentleman named Steele McKay, who was, in his way, something of a tinkerer and a Renaissance man. He designed for this theater an entire system of ventilation with little outlets underneath all of the seats in the parquet of the theater. He had a huge uh, fan-driven intake of air from the roof, which would be blown over two to four tons of this ice every night and shunted into the theater. He was able to keep his theater at 70 degrees, which in those days was an astonishment. 
It made headlines. It got a lot of publicity. He got angry letters from people who were sure that they had caught colds watching one of his plays. And within a couple of years, he was out of business. So that's air conditioner one, kind of, is it? Can we call that one air conditioner? Uh, sort of, sort of. Version 1.0. Yeah. Gosh, and presumably something like tons and tons of ice and a giant fan, that's not going to catch on. You're not going to get that in every, in every single... But actually, theatres is kind of where air conditioning first began proper, wasn't it? Uh, yes. Um, flag that comment and let's move back to the, to the real birth of what we would call real air conditioning, a standard air conditioning. Yeah which was not meant to make anyone comfortable, was not meant to save anyone's life. It was meant for paper. For paper? In 1901, 1902, there was a printing company in Brooklyn, which was having a terrible time with its summertime work. Uh, there had been a series of heat waves each of these years, and they were in the business of color printing. Now, color printing in those days required that the same paper be run through the press with different inks repeatedly. And if paper swells, it will not register in exactly the same way. So these people were getting, rather than a color image, a blur, which meant that the paper was then garbage. And is that just because of the, that there was the heat and the moisture in the air? The heat and the moisture in the, air, in the air, exactly. So this very young engineer, just out of college, named Willis Carrier, was working for the Buffalo Forge Company. And the Buffalo Forge Company had gotten its start building blacksmith's blowers. They then found themselves in the business of industrial ventilation. They weren't terribly comfortable with this, but they did it. And when this printing company came to Buffalo Forge asking for a solution to this humidity problem, they dumped it on Willis Carrier. So he started to research, he became fascinated, and bit by bit, he developed a system which was actually a knockoff of a very old system that dated back to the mid-19th century, which was what we would look at and call a modern compressor, a refrigeration compressor. Air would be sent through coils that were chilled with a refrigerant solution, and it turned out that if you were able to reduce the humidity of a space, you also reduce the temperature. So his invention was able to lower the humidity in this printing company, but then they found out that the employees were making a point of eating their lunch in this room. Can you take us through what the invention was? Like, what did it look like? So coils of tubes, like a sort of refrigeration unit. Exactly. There was, a, there was an ancestor to this wall called the air washer, where the air would be sent literally through fountains to draw out dirt and dust. Sometimes that would help dry, literally dry the air, Willis Carrier was able to take this concept and fine-tune it to the point where he was able to control the temperature and the humidity of what was coming out of this machinery. This was the basis for what we now call air conditioning. And what kind of temperature did it, did he manage to sort of get it down to? You say that people would have their sort of their lunch breaks there. At first, his system was not able to cool air terribly well but he, be, but he realized that he was onto something. He began to tinker. And within five to 10 years, he came up with an entire table of calculations and to have the machinery that would back them up. And he could fine tune this to produce whatever temperature, whatever humidity he liked. Wow. This was a boon to industry because there were many different manufacturing processes that needed specific humidity, specific temperature, Soap had to be dry, manufactured in a dry atmosphere, but not too dry. Pasta had to be manufactured in a really dry atmosphere. 
chocolate could not be manufactured above a certain temperature. So very much an industrial idea first. Did he realize quite what a, an amazing bit of technology this was going to turn out to be, a kind of world-shattering, world-changing technology? What, like, when did it start to migrate from industry into things like keeping people cool? He knew it immediately, and apparently nobody else did. In his very first write-up for it, his, his advertising copy, he was saying that it could be used to cool public spaces. Absolutely no one bought into it. Comfort air conditioning took a while to get going, uh, quite a while as a matter of fact, because there were very few people who wanted to spend the money and allocate the space. Uh, air conditioning in those days took a huge amount of space. People did not want to devote this to a machine simply to cool the air. They figured, oh well, it's only a couple of months a year, and they were betting against the weather. Carrier felt otherwise one of the first air major air conditioning installations that was installed for comfort was the New York Stock Exchange, was, which was moving into uh, then new quarters. Carrier himself was not involved in this. There was another engineer who recommended that this be put in because the trading floor was a massive room. It was something like a million cubic feet of space with gigantic windows, and everyone agreed that in summertime this would just broil the occupants. And because it was installed and because it worked, it, uh, the day it opened, it made national headlines that here was a business office that was actually cooling its air for the comfort of its occupants. And that was, at that time, completely unheard of? Pretty much. Because, of course, if you were a businessman, you were a gentleman, and if you were a gentleman, you ignored hot weather, period, end of story. Was it a little bit frowned upon? Were they like, I don't know, did people look at this idea and go... What on earth are they doing, cooling the building in the stock exchange? How ridiculous. Or was it sort of celebrated like, oh, Eureka! You're in the UK, so you're closer to Victorians than I am. But I gather from my uh, stuffier friends over here that weather was something you simply didn't acknowledge as being uncomfortable. I, I think there was just sort of a tough-it-out edict that was drummed into people yeah. from birth. In this case, they said, oh, this will improve business productivity. And because it was, it was improving business productivity, the businessmen were not keeling over, it was seen as a great benefit. I wonder if there's a way of looking back in history and looking at the New York Stock Exchange when the air conditioning came in, and did we see a rise in the stock market or a, a significant shift in, in productivity that we could attribute to things like air conditioning at the time? Because, you know, I can't remember what the exact temperature or the optimum human behavior is. I think it's around 18, 19 degrees or something, you know, where people become at their best. Uh, depending who you ask, it's either considerably higher or considerably lower, uh, which is ridiculous. Moving from business to pleasure, the real introduction of air conditioning into human lives, human comfort, came through the movies. Uh, Nickelodeons had been around since about the turn of the century, and they had always been filthy places because they were basically unventilated because they had to be completely shut off to light. So a Nickelodeon was where you went if you were feeling somewhat strong and didn't mind what you were breathing at the moment. And there were people who would pass out in Nickelodeons because the air was so thick. Consequently, during the summertime, when it became hot on top of the heat of bodies stacked up together, people just did not go. So by 1925, one Hollywood producer was sick of losing money during the summertime. It was actually considered the dead season. And he commissioned Carrier to install a very expensive system at his flagship theater in New York, the Rivoli, 
It opened on May 30th, 1925. Instantly, it was a sensation. It was such a sensation that box office receipts shot up $5,000 per week. That's in 1925 dollars. And this very expensive installation literally paid for itself in three months. <laughs> so, so forget about how good the movie was. The summer blockbuster was born because Carrie had invented air conditioning and it got put, in, put into a New York cinema. That's amazing. That's a, that's a lovely bit of history. In America, it was suddenly mandatory for a movie theater to have some sort of cooling. That spread to department stores. That spread to banks. It began to spread more and more because for the first time in human history, the average person had some place to go to escape from the heat that was dependably cool and affordable simply for the price of a ticket. That was the, the start of us becoming an air-conditioned society. We'll be back after this short break. On Gone Medieval, History Hits Medieval podcast, we're here to spoil you with the big topics. Possibly one of the most important Anglo-Saxon discoveries since Sutton Hoo and the Staffordshire Horde and discover people you might never have heard of. Philip Augustus, genuinely, he was a genius. We explore cutting-edge research. I want to focus on the archaeology. It's a whole body of information and knowledge in its own right. And the big questions. There is discussion about whether women wore knickers. From everyday life to dynasty-shattering events. The key to conquest was cavalry and the short, extremely powerful bow the Mongols had. I'm Dr Kat Jarman. And I'm Matt Lewis. Every Tuesday and Saturday, we'll explore some of the biggest stories, the greatest mysteries and latest research. We'll travel the medieval world in search of the stories you haven't heard and get under the skin of the ones you do know. Subscribe to Gone Medieval from History Hit wherever you get your podcasts. 
specialist to find out if it's right for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. So we move from industry, manufacturing, through to movie theatres, comfort, through to through to general comfort. When did, and we mentioned this at the beginning of the conversation of, of there being a real tr- transformative technology and has completely changed the, de- the demographics of how we live on Earth. Suddenly we can live in cities that wouldn't have existed 100 years ago. I'm thinking of places like Las Vegas and I'm thinking of places like Dubai, places you know people live in and crikey, you could not live there without air conditioning. That is a very interesting point because in the early 30s, large buildings began to be air conditioned. And by the late 40s, there were the steel and glass boxes that we all know and love in every town, everywhere, the downtown bank or whatever, which began to be built steel, glass, windows that don't open because you don't need them because you have air conditioning, there it is. That's the ventilation system. That technology, that design could go any place. So it was starting in the 1950s that this spread all over the United States and all over the world. One case in point, Phoenix, Arizona, one of the hottest cities in the country, more 100 degree plus days than any place else just about, in 1950 had roughly 100,000 residents. In 10 years, because of air conditioning, their, their population quadrupled. And by 1980, they were over a million. Now, part of that had to do with the rise of home air conditioning. Home air conditioning was a very difficult industry because most technologies, and air conditioning was one of them, start out in the giant economy size and shrinking it down to take home is the tough part. The first home air conditioner was offered in 1929, which is possibly the worst timing you could have. (laughs) For obvious reasons. Yes, and at the time, this was actually two machines that had to be linked with piping and the total weight was 600 pounds. It cost about as much as a car. They didn't do terribly well with this, with this venture. And then there was the depression and the depression killed air, air conditioning as a home item. Then there was World War II. After World War II, however, it began to pick up. And by the 1950s, when all of these office structures were coming, it was also suddenly affordable for the average person to have an air conditioner. And an air conditioner had turned into a great status symbol. You were buying it for the family's comfort, so it wasn't considered as flashy as a car, but it advertised itself every minute when you saw the metal posterior droning away outside of the building. Yeah, and also it does have that symbolic idea of like humans dominating nature we can we are better than nature we can we can change our environment we can control our environment we can go and live in deserts whatever the weather throws at us it doesn't matter because we are we are human and we are dominant you've mentioned dubai dubai is probably one of the best examples of that 
or best or most extreme examples of it's that. It's a big status symbol, Dubai, the whole place. I spent a lot of time in Dubai and, you know, it's got the biggest building in the world for a reason. You know, it's anything can be done there. It's just this great ostentatious display of wealth and power. Yes, indeed. Uh, a hotel with an air-conditioned beach for the comfort of its patrons. The gigantic building you refer to, which has its built-in turbines to supply some of the electricity to manufacture all that air conditioning. And if you don't like the beach and if you don't want to walk around, you can go to Ski Dubai, which is an interior ski slope with a mountain of real snow and penguins. Don't forget the penguins. We have those here in the UK. There's one in Milton Keynes and one in Manchester. I think there's one in Glasgow as well, these, these great snow domes. So, so I think about our friend um, Carrier, who invented the, or we can credit to inventing air conditioning. I wonder what, if, he'd, if he could imagine, if we could p pick him up from the past and stick him in Dubai in the desert and show him a ski slope in Dubai and go, look what you can do now. He might raise an eyebrow because he, <laughs> is, <laughs> he is the man who invented the phrase manufactured weather. Yeah, that's really interesting. But there, okay, we have to, the, the sort of dark side of all this, there is something I think really distasteful about building a ski slope in the deserts in Dubai, given, kind of, given where we are with climate change. And the amount of energy to run these machines is in, insane, is a ridiculous amount. So I don't, I, I don't quite know what we do now with these, these cities that shouldn't be there. It, uh, we do seem to have painted ourselves into a bit of a corner. One thing that actually... You know, the title of your book, How Air Conditioning Changed Everything. I'm just wondering, it, it's such a dramatic title, that. I'm just, I'm just thinking, do you have one thing that surprises you the most about air conditioning, just in terms of just how transformative it's been? What surprised me about air conditioning more than anything else is the fact that it is everywhere. You're in the broadcasting industry, and 99% of the time when you are at work, you don't see a window because there cannot be a window because you need soundproofing and lightproofing. And air conditioning is the reason that you don't asphyxiate in the middle of a broadcast. I don't have sound. That was my builders, by the way. If you can, there were some people talking you might have heard. So I'm, I'm doing this in my sitting room, so... Yeah, but yes, point taken. If you go to a movie and you're comfortable, that's because of air conditioning. If you buy a candy bar in the summer, that's something that you could not do 50, 60 years ago. When I was a child, chocolate was pretty much not manufactured and anything you bought was frozen. They called it a summertime treat. There's another writer who called it a sweetened bar of iron. If you're skiing in Dubai. <laughs> if you're skiing in Dubai or... For that matter, Ski Dubai is located in a gigantic shopping mall. If you're going into the shopping mall and you're able to be comfortable there, if you're eating a dinner that is not salad because you actually have an appetite for it, you're undoubtedly in a restaurant that is air-conditioned. If you are taking an auto trip almost anywhere... In, in short, it's changed everything. <laughs> it has changed everything. Yes, it has. It is amazing. Hey, listen, we're, we're, we're running out of time, but I wanted to say a huge thank you, Salvatore, for, for coming on and, and talking to this. It's one of those things you, of technology that we utterly take for granted. And it's only when you sort of stop and pause and realise just how it's changed everything, as you say, in so many different ways. You go, oh my God, yeah, air conditioning. I hadn't even thought of air conditioning. It oh has. Anyway, for better or for worse, air conditioning. Thank you very much indeed, Salvatore. It's been an absolute joy talking to you. And where can people find your work? Where can people... Cool. How Air Conditioning Changed Everything is available through your local seller. Uh, Foils was carrying it on order. Our listeners are very, very bright. They'll figure it out. 
and uh, they will as well because it's a really fascinating story and an amazing bit of technology and thank you for uh, for telling telling your story so beautifully thank you very much and thanks for having me uh stay cool okay that's it i hope you're cool i hope you're fanning yourself i hope you've got the ac cranked up maybe not cranked up you probably listen to this in the middle of the winter who knows anyway thank you very much for listening it's been lovely to have your company and if you want to hear more from our guest today his book cool how air conditioning changed everything is out don't forget if you've enjoyed today's episode please leave a rating and a review tell your friends next time a completely different subject i'm going to be talking about something that's made spending money much easier than ever is that a good thing is it a bad thing it's the invention of contactless payment look forward to your company for that one while I still have you, very briefly, if you fancy getting all of the History Hit podcast archive and new episodes ad-free, along with hundreds of history documentaries to watch, download our app across Apple App Store, Google Play, and smart TV platforms. Follow the link in the show notes or go to historyhit.com slash subscribe. There is thousands of hours of history on there, including a documentary on science in the Middle Ages with Seb Falk, and also one with me talking about the secret history of the space race. As a patented listener, you get a special gift if you use the code PATENTED at the checkout. You get 50% off your first three months. That's patented for 50% off your first three months. And if you're an Apple listener, you can subscribe for new ad-free podcast episodes within the Apple app.